would recognize that tune, would you? you know, sorry. So what was it? The Good Life. Ooh. I'm a bit... Well, because <laughs> they might watch it on gold or something like that, I suppose. Before I talk about The Good Life, though, sorry, I've got to get an elephant out of the room here. Colin said before that he wasn't going to mention the rugby again. Well, two things. I bring you greetings from my home church at Altrincham, uh, which also includes Timperley, where Catherine and Andy go. So I bring you, I was with them yesterday at a very wet Wimmally Hall up near Lancaster. They're still with our young people off our circuit up there. So I bring you their greetings, greetings from church, but I also bring you greetings from my hometown of Wigan. Oh. Sorry. Elephant, elephant out of the room, elephant out of the room. I know it's, it's gone. I just couldn't resist though, could I? I mean, it's like, I'm not a rugby fan, but well, I'm not a rugby league fan. I do eat pies, yes, I do eat pies. Of course, of course I eat pies. Is there anything else? Right, now then, the good life. What do I want to talk about? The good life. Who can guess what might be in this bag? I've decided to make some lifestyle changes. Wellies. Oh, I don't need to get them out then, which is probably a good idea, because this, <laughs> sorry, well, atoms, yeah, yeah, lots of atoms. Right, they are wellies. I won't, won't really, get, they'll be smelly, but anyway, there's some wellies. Now, what could I use wellies for? Let's have a think. Well, I'm going to get something else out of here. Oh, go on. What can I use wellies for? Walking in puddles. Do you like Peppa Pig? Peppa Pig jumps in muddy puddles. Oh, that's Peppa. You don't like Peppa Pig? Creepy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very creepy. What's this? Uh, sorry, health and safety. Please, no. Anyway, if anybody gets worried. What's this? A fork. It's a fork, yes. Now, what might I use a fork for? <laughs> Turning the soil. So I've got my wellies and I've got my... Do you mind if I just lean it there? I'll just lean it. I'll move it afterwards, honest. Uh, what else do you think I might have in it? Because I'm making some lifestyle change. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this as well, which is sort of just a... It's a bit bent, actually, but it still works in the soil. It still works. Now, what do you think I can do with these things... If I'm going to make a lifestyle change, garden. garden. Would, the, would gardening just change my lifestyle change? It's, it's, you know, it's change my life a little bit to, to change what I do. What would I have to do to change what I eat, for example? Grow vegetables, yes. I went to Asda this morning, but they weren't open, so I couldn't get a packet of seeds. I should have been more prepared, and I should have brought a packet of seeds, but I didn't, sorry. So that's one lifestyle change I think I'm going to make. Now, in this bag, I'm going to start another lifestyle change as well. Let's see what we've got in this bag. Oh, all oh right. Now, so what do you think these are? Right, yeah? Trainers. What can I do in trainers? Go jogging. Go jogging. Oh, look at that. She's on the ball at the back there, Carol. She's on the ball. So, trainers. I've got some, some socks, some trainer socks, yeah, so I can wear them. Then I don't get blisters when I get... And what, 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 oh, it's good job I didn't model these, but there we go. Some, some shorts, yeah, some shorts. So what do you think I'm going to be doing with all these? Going, running, jogging. So that's another lifestyle change. Sorry, I'll just hold this while this is a shirt. It is not Wigan Rugby. It does say Wigan Athletic. <laughs> so, is there any Man City fans in the room? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's two lifestyle changes that I'm going to make. Do you think that's all I need to have a good life? No. I need what? I need, well, would you not think eating vegetables and jogging will make me healthy? You know, thank you to the national curriculum for these things. They do actually work, don't they? Brilliant. Yes, I need carbohydrates, don't I? But I can grow potatoes. Potatoes give me carbohydrates? Yeah. I need to be happy. Do you not think that digging the garden and watching things grow and running around the streets in the cold and wet and horrible, do you not think that'll make me happy? I know the answer to that. No, it wouldn't make me happy. No, I need more, don't I? I need more. Now, when you go out, I don't know what you're doing in your, uh, your activities this morning when you go out in a couple of minutes, well, now. Um, what we're going to be talking about here in big church, if you want to call it big church, is about what we might need to actually get a better life rather than just digging and running. Because just digging and running, well, it doesn't seem to me to get me a better life. It's got something to do with God and Jesus as well. Okay? So, I'll see you later. I don't know how you go out or when you go out, but... First readings from Amos, chapter 5. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them and Bethel have no one to quench it. There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offences and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek God, good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good. Maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. And then from Hebrews. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amen.
The Gospel reading is taken from Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 31. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked round and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Home, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Amen. Thank you, Maggie and Helen, for bringing us those readings this morning. So, a familiar story. The rich, young ruler, as it's entitled in the NIV. Again, Jesus is faced with questions, but this time slightly different. This is about how to inherit or earn the kingdom of God, eternal life. How do we earn eternal life? Jesus indicates that earthly possessions and money are a significant barrier to this, a significant barrier to entering the kingdom of heaven. In verse 17 there, it says eternal life. Now, when we talk about eternal life, it's... it's uh, sorry, I'm going to walk around a bit. I, I always walk around a bit. Is that all right? I'm a, <laughs> Right, good. Um, talking about eternal life, the Jews, not all Jews believed in eternal life, but obviously this young man did, because that's what he asked. How do I inherit eternal life? Now, some Jews didn't, some Jews did. So uh, that goes back into Daniel uh, in the Old Testament, where it says, And many of them that, fall, that, that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So this man knew his Old Testament. Jesus says, you know the commands. And then he rhymes off. Uh, only the six commands that are involved in human relationship. He doesn't give all ten commands. He only gives the six commands that are talking about human relationships. So Jesus knows that the heart and mind of this man 
He also knows each one of our hearts and minds. Because to Jesus, this was just a stranger. How often are we just a stranger to Jesus? But he knows our hearts and minds because he loathes and loves everything about us. He knows what we think. He knows what we feel. He knows what we do. But knowing rules and keeping them are not enough. In verse 21, he says, Go sell all you have. Now, I think this might have been just an unexpected answer that this young ruler was not expecting to hear. Very unexpected. This man sought an answer from Jesus. Unlike the Pharisees and the religious rulers, this time it wasn't meant to trip Jesus up. Because he does, you know, so many, oh, so often Jesus is meant to be tripped up by the Pharisees. But no, this time it wasn't. It was a genuine question from what looks like to be a devout Jew. But I'm not sure he expected that response. Go and sell everything. He's described of having great wealth in that reading. So selling everything, giving to the poor, was difficult. And he went away sad. Do we earnestly seek Jesus? Ask him to show us something, guide us somewhere, and then either don't wait for the answer, don't listen to the answer, because we're too busy or probably worse, we're just full of our own jobs or family, so we don't hear that answer. So do we wander away sad because we've not heard an answer, but basically because we've not listened? Or if we hear the answer, do we ignore it because of our position, our family, our status, whatever? Verse 24, Jesus says, calls, he turns and says children, which would be an indication. It's, a, it's familiar language, probably indicating that it wasn't just the disciples that were there. Other people would be there as well listening to this. And then the impossible, the eye of a needle. How often do we think about this phrase about passing through the eye of a needle? Impossible scenario. It can't be done. But with Jesus and with God, everything is possible. Jesus offers similar teaching in other places in Mark's gospel. He explains again to his disciples that following him requires sacrifice. Whether that be physical bodily sacrifice, whether that be our possessions sacrifice, we require sacrifice. Following God is not easy. But the rewards are tremendous. The rewards are eternal life. I'm going to show a clip in a second. There's a story behind this clip. I was, I was preparing for this. I'd actually asked Andy and uh, Catherine a little bit about, about you. Uh, and, and therefore what you might expect. Uh, and therefore, would I use the lectionary for today? Or would I use a, 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 something that I'd prepared that I did at a church back in Wigan a while back? 
The answer came straight from Catherine, use the lectionary. Oh yeah, thanks a lot. So I'm trying to prepare, I'm still trying to decide. And then this was on the telly. So if we could have this clip, please, now. Thank you. Of course, when I was sat there trying to prepare this service and decide whether I did the lectionary or whether I did this other service, and this was on the telly, it sort of, you know, it was a prompt, wasn't it, really, to say, no, you're going to do the lectionary. Clutter. How much of us have got things cluttering up our lives? I'm, I'm the husband of a Methodist minister, so we move every five years. And, of course, every five years I say, this is a great chance to declutter. Do I declutter? No. Normally speaking, the boxes that are in the garage are still there five years later, and we move them again. Actually, there's a confession. I actually opened the cupboards the, the other day to look for something. I was baking something. I like baking. Typical vicar's wife. I like baking. And um, I, I went in the cupboard and, and pulled out this thing, and it was dated. This was only three, four weeks ago. This, this packet was dated, used by sometime in 2004. So I worked out, this has actually moved house twice with us. <laughs> Never been used, you know. So needless to say, I'd go and buy some more. Clutter. We all have them. So what clutters up our lives? Is, is, was Jesus talking about worldly goods here? Did he mean these? And what about money? What about wealth? We hear so much about the amount of money that's spent on footballers uh, and Rock stars and the amount of money that they've got. Ed Sheeran this week, the amount of money he's got, he's paid more in tax than Starbucks and Amazon. He's got a lot of money, but he actually gives a lot of it to charity. Is Jesus talking about just money? Or is he talking about things in our lives? In Amos, that reading was about, despite the appearance of life, says Amos, speaking at the gate of Bethel, what God sees is that justice has been turned to bitterness. Righteousness has been demolished and the poor are being trampled underfoot. Where do we, as a church, as the body of Christ, or as individuals, stand on the issues in our world today, in our country, and even in our neighborhood when it comes to justice and righteousness and the poor of our society. Do our feelings, do our possessions, does our love of money, does the clutter that we keep in our house prevent us from seeing the needy, prevent us from action towards the needy of our society? Hebrews, the reading from Hebrews, Hebrews 4. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Everything is laid bare. Our whole lives are laid bare. And we will have to give account to Jesus at the end of our time. Will we be able to stand there and say, I listened and I acted. God knows everything about us. There's nowhere to hide. 
All three of those readings concern the supreme importance of matching belief and action. God sees through every false appearance of our righteousness. Measuring our statements of belief, and we all make statements of belief, He measures those against the treatment of the poor and vulnerable. None of us is worthy of eternal life by ourselves. We can't buy our way into heaven. For if we genuinely seek to follow Jesus, genuinely look to what He says about how we use our possessions, how we use our money, then we can have eternal, grace, uh, eternal life by the grace of Jesus. How do we match up to those six commandments that involve our relationships with others? I suspect that if we were to sit and think about it, we'd probably now, these days, come up with more issues about relationships with others that we would have to look at and say, this is right and this is wrong. We could probably come up with our own commandments. But those six are the basic ones that we are told. How do we measure up to those? So what clutter do we have that keeps us from that better relationship with Jesus? Is it use of our time, our talents, our skills, our intellect, our possessions, and yes, our money? Have we earnestly asked Jesus about these and listened to his response and acted, even if it was a painful, unexpected answer? Because sometimes that's what Jesus will give us. Let's pray. Challenge us, God, where we have made too much of the things in our lives, where we have hankered for that which does not satisfy and hoarded that which is not important. Give us a new perspective. Help us to let go of that which has held too much of a hold on us. And instead, focus our hearts on you. In the name of Christ. Amen.